Hey, what's up everyone? Thanks for joining today. I'm currently on a walk right now near my elementary school that I went to back at home. It's like my second week into summer and it's a beautiful day outside in like the 70s, a nice cool breeze. But yeah, I'm just on a walk and I thought I would record another episode right now. So today I wanted to focus on some major lifestyle changes that have been happening in my life and some recent things I found out in the last two weeks that I kind of touched on in the last episode and I kind of hinted at getting into those things a little bit more in this next episode. So just to give you guys a little bit of context of what's been happening. So for those of you who've listened to like some of my previous podcasts and know me, I'm like really into fitness and nutrition and that's one of the biggest passions I have in my life. This semester especially, I was spending like even more time on fitness than I was in school. So I was spending like three hours a day doing schoolwork and I was spending like five hours a day on walks and going to the gym and just doing other um, active stuff that I really enjoy doing during the day. And one thing I really started to notice this semester that was really bothering me is that I was I was just trying to put on a little bit more weight. Um, so every week I was, I was increasing my calories Um, And I was keeping my activity levels the same, but I was still increasing the amount I was eating each week. And surprisingly, I still kept losing weight by the week. And a lot of you might think that I was just doing it incorrectly and I was weighing my food incorrectly or I was just making up numbers in my head as to like how much I was eating. Like maybe I was underestimating how much I was eating. And that could have been a little bit of it. But um I've been like really, really diligent with tracking my macros and my calories for like a year now. I started last summer or actually last year in April is when I bought my first food scale and I started weighing my food and I started tracking my calories and my macros. So I've been doing it for like a good amount of time right now. So I feel like I feel pretty confident in saying that I, I think I was measuring everything I was eating pretty precisely. So I don't think I was really underestimating the calories, but for some reason I was I was just losing weight by the week and it was really, really bothering me because I I was changing up my, my gym plans. I was changing up, like I was trying to reduce my cardio. I was trying to increase my focus and weight training. And it, it, it was really getting to me because every week I was losing weight. I wasn't making progress anymore. I was, I was plateauing during some weeks and even other weeks I'd be going, I would be making like backwards progress. So I would have to take like five pounds off the bench or off a squat or something. And, and that was like really, really demotivating for me. And it was, it was, uh, it was honestly really bothering me, especially towards the end of the semester. And, um, what, what, another thing that started happening was, especially in the month of like April and May, in the middle of the night, I would wake up and I would have to cook a meal for myself. I would, I would just constantly be hungry and I would be eating like 4,000 calories a day and I would still feel like I'm starving. I would wake up like 3 a.m., I would go to the fridge and I would just have to eat some food. And I would do that again sometimes at like 5 a.m. I would do that sometimes at 1 a.m. And like I, I, I didn't really tell anyone about this because I, I just didn't know what was wrong with me. And it was I was just thinking through it. I just thought maybe it was a phase that I would get over. And it was it was really difficult for me during those times because it was messing with my head. I, I just didn't really know who to talk to either about this. Um, and then every every week during May, it started getting worse and worse. So I started getting hungrier and hungrier. I started losing more and more weight, more and more strength. 
And uh, in May, that was also when my finals were going on, when the semester was ending. So in May, I actually had a couple trips planned after school. So right after school got out on May 4th. So that was my last final. I had a trip planned to go to UIUC, to, which is University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. And I was going to go visit a couple of my high school friends over there from June or sorry, from May 5th to I think May 10th. So it was a few days over there. And then on May 10th, I was going to fly to Denver because my family was traveling Denver and I was going to meet them there for a few days. And then from Denver, head to LA to meet a few high school friends and then fly back home to the Bay Area. So I had a lot planned for May, but unfortunately, like some of my plans had to get cut through because of what was happening with my body. I, I was by the day I was getting weaker and weaker. I was losing more and more stamina. I was I was just my motivation was going down. So I went to UIUC after finals ended and over there I noticed like my hunger was through the roof. I was probably eating like 5000 calories at UIUC. I would be eating through the day like every hour. I would like go to gas stations, pick up food, I would eat meals and then at night I would still be starving and just eat every hour through the night. Um and it was it was just getting like really overwhelming with how much I had to eat and how much I was still starving. Um, and then after UIUC, towards the end of the trip, I, I was just telling like, I could just tell like how low my energy levels were. Like something was really off with me because at Purdue, like especially before April and May, even during April and May, I was really pushing myself, but I was walking like 12 to 15 miles a day. And at UIUC, I was like trying to walk like two, three miles and I was just like tired, like after half a mile. And I was, it, it wasn't like I wasn't eating and I was tired. It was like, I was eating like 5,000 calories and I was still like completely out of energy. So I left UIUC not feeling that great. And then I arrived in Denver and in Denver, it was, I was pretty much bedridden in Denver. Like I was walking maybe like half a mile a day. I was just in the car with my family. I was, I, I, I I could barely move honestly i was i was taking naps a ton during the day um and not that i like have anything against naps but like i'm not usually a napper i i don't like before denver i probably hadn't napped in a year so it was just like it, it, it felt really weird just taking a nap like these are like indications which were telling me that like something is wrong with me in that moment so i told my dad like i finally opened up to my family about like what was going on and like I told them about how I was just always hungry how I was getting tired and I was kind of like hinting at this to my mom even during the early parts of May when I was like facetiming her I would kind of bring up how like I was just eating a lot and I was kind of hungry but I didn't really go into that much detail but when I arrived in Denver I really opened up and told them like everything that was happening and I I was actually worried for myself and like I didn't know what was going to happen so my dad when I told both my parents this, my dad, he suggested to go to like a, a Walmart in Denver. And we went there and we picked up a blood glucose meter. Um, my dad, just for some reason, he thought that, okay, maybe this has something to do with your blood sugar. Because um, my sister is actually type 1 diabetic. And uh, he just, he knows a lot about type 1 diabetes. And the, some of the symptoms I was explaining, um, he, he thought that maybe it had something to do with my blood sugar so i went to walmart got a blood glucose monitor took my reading and my reading was 549 and that just to put into perspective is like 
five times the normal reading for a normal person. Usually, a normal person would have blood glucose readings between 80 and 150. Mine was 549. Like at that point, like I, I was surprised I wasn't in the ER. When you like, doctors advise that when you go above 300, you should seek medical attention immediately. And when you drop below 60, you should also be um, seeking medical attention immediately. And I was at 549 and like I was, when I saw that reading and when I saw my parents' face, I was like really, really worried. I, I didn't know what was gonna happen. So then my dad pretty much knew on the spot that this had something to do with my pancreas and type one diabetes. And he was just really thinking that was, that was what it was. So that night was the night before I was supposed to go to LA. So the next morning I was gonna fly to LA from Denver and meet my high school friends, which I was honestly looking forward to for so many months. But um, that night, once I took my glucose reading, my dad told me that I shouldn't go to LA. He booked me a flight directly to go back home. So we canceled the LA flight and he got me a flight very last minute. This was like at 11 p.m., literally the day I was gonna, before I was gonna go to LA. So he booked me a flight home and the next morning, I, I remember when I woke up the next morning, or actually the night when he booked me the flight, I was kind of like upset because I was like, okay, I can, I can figure this out. Like, I, I don't need to skip the LA trip, you know? Like, it's, I'm only gonna be in LA for three days. Like, it's not gonna be that big of a deal. And I'll just be home after that and we can go to a doctor. But my dad was really pressuring me not to go to LA. And he was, it, it was almost like he was forcing me, which now looking at it, I'm so glad he did because I remember when I woke up the next day, the day I was gonna go to LA, I was like, that was the worst day, like in terms of my energy levels. Like I, like I literally felt like I was gonna throw up like every five minutes. I, like my head was spinning, I was sweating. Like I, like I was literally like, those hours that I was in the airport, I was just like so, I was just holding on to hope, just hoping that I wouldn't have to go to the hospital or like call like emergency or something. Like, I know it sounds really dramatic. Like, yeah, and I'm not trying to be that dramatic, but that was like, I guess what was going on in my head during during that morning. Like, that was like really scary for me. Um, but yeah, that I, I, I eventually got back home and my dad picked me up from the airport. And the first thing he brought in the car was a syringe with insulin in it. And because as I mentioned, my sister is type one diabetic. My, my whole family kind of has, a good amount of knowledge on what are like proper insulin doses to take when your reading is at a certain level. So my dad gave me, I think it was like eight units of insulin, which might not make a lot of sense for people who aren't diabetic. Um, and I'm still learning what the, I'm still getting the number sense also for units of insulin. But um, yeah, for those of you who are diabetic, that'll probably make sense. But yeah, he gave me eight units of insulin and um, that really helped reduce my blood sugar from like I, the first thing I did actually when I got in the car was I took my reading again and I was like 498 and then he gave me eight units of insulin and I waited two hours later when I got home and I was back down to around 270 something. I was in the 200s, which is still very elevated, but I wasn't like ER like to the point where I would have to end up in the ER. So throughout that day, like I, I just remember when I got back home, all I did that day, I, the first thing I did, I got on the couch and I slept for four hours straight. And then I woke up and I ate a small meal and I just slept for another four hours. And then I did the same thing. I, I ate 
and then I slept again. So all I did that entire day, I didn't even move from the couch. I was just on the couch the entire day for like 12 hours straight. I would get up, like walk to the, like the dining table, eat a meal, and then go back on the couch and just fall asleep. And I did that for that day. The next day I woke up, I, I definitely felt a little bit better the next day, but my body was still in shock. So I was still um, pretty much bedridden for half of the day. But then at 3 p.m. the next day, my dad actually set up a, an appointment at Stanford with an endocrinologist. So at 3 p.m. I went to Stanford and we talked to an endocrinologist. And that's when I figured out um, that they diagnosed me with type 1 diabetes. And I was, I was like really shocked because I never thought that, I don't know, that I could get diabetes because like I've always been following really strict diet. I've been trying to be as active as I could. And um, it was, I don't know, it was just very confusing for me. And that's when my, I was talking to my dad and he was, he remembered that back when my sister got diagnosed with diabetes, which was in, I think it was when she was in third grade. So about 10 years ago, when my sister got diagnosed, they made, my parents enrolled both me and my sister in a study. Um, it was like some antibody study to determine how likely you are to get diabetes. And pretty much the more anti, there are four antibodies that indicate like some presence or some indication that you could get diabetes in the future. And I had three out of four of those antibodies. My sister had four out of four. And that's why she has been type one diabetic for the last 10 years. But um, I had three out of four, but I guess my diabetes came to me a little bit later, um, like this year. So my dad told me this and everything kind of started to make sense then how like genetically um like it, it was probably genetic how i got it my grandpa also has type 1 diabetes so i feel like it runs in the family but yeah so now that that's the major thing that's happened in the last two weeks that i'm still adjusting to still trying to like learn um but yeah i'm, I'm a type 1 diabetic now and there there are definitely like some lifestyle changes i've had to make um even like when i got diagnosed two weeks ago or maybe one and a half weeks ago when I came back I was uh I felt like those couple days were pretty moody for me um like I was getting a lot of like hormonal changes maybe because I was getting on insulin I'm, I'm not really sure maybe because also I was in shock but I was I was feeling pretty moody those days and I I don't know it was it was kind of hard during those those few days and I didn't really know how to proceed but every single day since like a week ago has just been going upwards and upwards and it's been feeling so much better um I had some friends from from Purdue visit me for a week and we hung out in the bay and I showed them around San Francisco we went to Napa we went to a couple other places and uh that was definitely like a very rejuvenating type of experience that kind of just helped distract me from what was happening and just also made every next day just feel better. Um, but yeah, in terms of the lifestyle changes, uh, one thing that I'm really grateful for is that I've, I've pretty much been tracking my nutrition for the past year. So in terms of nutrition, I'm not really having to make too much of a change. I mean, the, the one change I do have to make is that as a diabetic, your, your pancreas is a lot more sensitive to carbs. So whenever you're eating carbs, that's carbs are ultimately what caused the, the blood sugar spikes. So, and, and the glucose spikes. So the, the, the one thing I do have to do is decrease my carb intake. So during the semester, I was eating like 600, five to 600 grams of carbs a day. And now I've had to reduce to under 200, which is definitely different. And at first it was like, it was really hard for like the first two days. I was like, 
this is so weird. Like I'm eating like, like a third of the carbs I would usually eat. Like I felt like I had no energy, but now it's been like a week of being on this lower carb diet and I've been just increasing the amount of fat in my diet. So I've been eating a lot more like avocados, nuts, and like different types of cheeses, which previously I would never eat. So it's a lot of like, it's a lot more of a higher fat diet, low carb diet, but I've been feeling like a lot more stable with my energy levels and with my, um, even my blood sugars. Like I track my blood sugars throughout the day. And I've definitely seen that this lower carb diet has been helping with stability and the blood sugars and with the energy. So that's been one change in terms of nutrition. In terms of fitness, um, like one thing I have been noticing that, that kind of got to my head a little bit is that now that I'm on insulin, my the food I'm eating is actually getting absorbed. So when I mentioned how I was eating like 5,000 calories a day when I was at UIUC and I was eating like 4,000 calories a day during April and May when I was at Purdue, the reason I was able to eat that much food was because my body just wasn't absorbing anything. It would just get excreted right out and my blood, the bloodstream wouldn't be absorbing any of the carbs and any of the glucose I was eating. So um, that's why I could afford to eat that high amount of calories but now i've been seeing like every week i've definitely been putting on more weight um a lot of it has been water um because once you start insulin you do retain a lot more water but that's definitely been something that i'm i'm adjusting to a little bit just seeing the the weight gain um which is i mean i mean it's it's not really a bad thing because i lost so much weight originally so now i'm just like kind of coming back to where i was before this whole thing started with my body um so but yeah just seeing the scale going up can be kind of confusing for the mind but but i know that this is just a temporary thing that's gonna start out just because i just recently got diagnosed so so i understand that but that's been another thing that's kind of been happening with my body um and then with fitness i have decreased my my i guess not my commitment to fitness but just my mindset around fitness like during the school year i think i went too overboard I was spending like so much time on fitness that I wasn't really like able to do a lot of the other hobbies that I enjoyed. Like, like I play guitar and I, this semester I didn't even play that much guitar because I feel like I was always just thinking about fitness or something related to some kind of activity. But now by decreasing my activity, I'm, I'm still remaining active. Like I still go on walks every day. I still fit in my bike rides, swimming, this week I started going to the gym again. So I've still been like keeping active, but I just haven't been spending five hours a day on it because that's just way too consuming. So yeah, this week, as I mentioned, I, I started going to the gym again. So for the past two weeks in like, which was like for the first time in maybe like half a year, like I took two weeks off from the gym and it felt really weird, honestly. It felt really weird not going to the gym and just breaking that routine. Um, and for like the first couple days, I, I, and that's also part of the reason I was probably feeling like, like kind of moody because I was like out of my routine. I just, I was confused. I didn't really know what to do with myself. Um, because I was so used to like starting the day off with the gym. And then all of a sudden I just stopped going to the gym for two weeks straight. And, um, but, but looking at that now, I'm so glad I took that break that gave me like so much of a mental break. It kind of gave me like, it made me realize a lot of things. It gave me an epiphany about this whole commitment to fitness and just not spending five hours a day. Cause that's just too extreme. 
So this week, as I mentioned, I started at the gym again, but I've just been kind of reestablishing my relationship with the gym. I feel like for the last couple months, I've been at the gym and I've just been doing movements. I've been just forcing myself to increase weight without actually focusing on the mind to muscle and the movements themselves. I've just been like workouts, especially when I was losing weight by the week and when these diabetes symptoms started to come in, I was just trying to increase weight so much because it felt so bad to keep losing weight and I was just having very unproductive workouts. And now at the gym, I've, I've been starting very light. I've just been starting super light and I'm gonna build my way up back again. I'm just gonna focus on the mind to muscle, just taking things really slowly. And, and this week has felt really good. Like I, I'm definitely like, like I've lost strength. I'm not like that. That's okay though. It's gonna come back. And that's just something I have to accept, but it feels really good not having this like this pressure on me to just have to keep increasing weight lifting heavy and ego lifting and that kind of stuff so it definitely feels good just starting starting from ground zero just re-establishing the relationship um and yeah I'm, I'm really glad for that so and and another thing that i guess diabetes has changed has also been like my relationship with food a little bit i i was definitely restrictive with a lot of things like especially with like desserts and things like candy and not sticking to like the diet it it would be like like i would be pretty restrictive and now like i i feel i just have i'm not as calorie oriented i'm still tracking the calories and i still meal prep and log the foods but i've been like munching on little things during the day like sometimes when i i get a low blood sugar reading which happens during the night sometimes or even during the day i need to eat some form of glucose to bring the reading back up so i'll eat things like candy i'll I'll be munching on like a small piece of candy which like i was so restrictive about earlier and like now it's like yeah i'm just gonna have like one or two pieces like small pieces of candy like maybe a tiny dot or a bite of a crunch bar or something um just like every couple days when i go low and and i feel like that's that's just helped create a healthier relationship with food too and uh even like other things around the house like if there's something i'm craving now i'm just gonna eat like bites of it instead of like instead of eating the whole thing i'm just gonna take like small bites of it and um that's that's something that has that i'm kind of grateful for that that i guess this this condition has been teaching me because I I can't eat large quantities of, I guess, of like sweets and things like that anymore. Like if I wanted to eat a bag of candy, I wouldn't be able to do that. But but now I can do like smaller portions. So. So, yeah, that that's pretty much what's been happening uh, for the last couple weeks. And uh, I'm definitely still learning this whole situation, but I'm, I'm just grateful that things are getting better, that I'm an, on an upward trend. And uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for my family also, who've been like, they've been supporting me through this. And my sister, she's type one diabetic. So I've, I've definitely been like talking to her a lot about things I could do, or if I'm confused about something, like if I'm eating a high carb meal, what should I do to prepare for this? So there's been a lot of terminology I've been learning with this condition too. It's been a lot of information overload, but but it's been it's been a lot of learning. And uh, another thing I've been doing, like during my free time, that I'm actually really excited about, is um, like as a data scientist, I'm I'm like I really like looking at data, collecting data, and analyzing data. And 
I have something called a CGM that I've attached on my stomach. So this is a continuous glucose monitor. And what this does is every, pretty much every like one or two minutes of the day, it transmits a glucose reading that it gets from my interstitial fluid in my body. It will transmit that to my phone as a data point. So, and it's also connected to my watch. So I can see throughout the day what my glucose readings are. So I, I took all this data. I, there's, this is like through a company called Dexcom. And uh, I wrote a couple scripts to just parse all this data, throw it into a database on my computer. And then I've also collected other types of data like my heart rate throughout the day, um, the amount of insulin I've been taking throughout the day, the amount of carbs I've been eating. So all that type of data I've been consolidating. And um, I, I have, I've been automating a way to just collect that data and throw it into a database on my computer. And eventually the goal is just to create my own dashboard. So that's what I'm working on right now. And this is just a, a dashboard for me to just see what kind of trends are happening during the day. And I already have this dashboard set up. There's, it's in its early phases, so I'm still working on it. Like every day I've been spending like, I'd say two or three hours on this for a week now. But um, like one thing I've been looking at is like I, I created some plots on it where I can just look at trends that have been happening through the day, like how my readings are, what happens to my readings when I eat food, when I take insulin. Um, so like during the night for like from this dashboard, I was seeing that during the night, every single night, my readings would be elevated at around 3 a.m. And I was talking to my doctor about this. I, I was seeing this trend every single night and I was kind of confused. So I talked to my doctor about this. I talked to my dad about it. I was thinking about this myself and we all came to the conclusion that it was due to my my dinner being very late at night. And I was having like a high fat dinner at like 10.30. And what happens with that high fat meal is that the meal, because there's more fat in it, the more fat in the meal, the longer it's gonna take for your bloodstream to absorb the glucose coming in from the carbs in that meal. So by the time the food would kick in, and increase my blood sugars, that would be at 3 a.m. So those were the reasons for those spikes. So had I not had this dashboard, I wouldn't even be able to realize this finding. Um, and this finding has told me that like, okay, I need to shift my, my dinner a little bit earlier because it's easier to correct these spikes when I'm awake than when I'm sleeping, right? So if I'm having like a large blood sugar spike at 3 a.m., it's a lot harder to take insulin at 3 a.m then at 12 a.m. Like at 12 a.m. I'm still like, I'm, I have, I'm not fully asleep yet. So if my alarm goes off telling me that my blood sugar is too high, I can take a little bit of insulin to correct for it. I'd rather do that at 12 a.m. than at 3 a.m. So that's been a useful thing from this dashboard. Um, I've still been incorporating other features in it like heart rate and other things. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited to be working on this project. And, and yeah, so that's the whole diabetes situation. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy thinking that I have type one diabetes now, but I think I'm going to learn a lot from this and I'm not going to let it stop me from doing what I want to do and be who I want to be. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a condition that I can get through, even though it's a chronic illness. Um, I'm, I'm going to fight through it and yeah, but thanks for listening to the episode and uh, yeah, I just wanted to fill you guys in and what's been happening and also just reflect on it because um, I haven't really like talked about it or thought about it to this extent till just now. So it's nice to just kind of journal this and talk through it. But, but yeah, thanks for listening again. And uh, hopefully I'll have some more episodes coming soon. All right, I'll see you guys.